are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Welcome back to Locked On Spurs, the Locked On NBA Network. I am your usual host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. Glad to have you back. Uh, the uh, Spurs are off today as they wind down their season. But, you know, full disclosure, this is recorded before last night's Utah game. So just a little heads up on that in case we say anything here that may be a little outdated. Uh, but nevertheless, we're here to give you another show talking about your favorite team, the Silver and Black. And what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about Kelton Johnson. Had a chance to speak with the Hornets head coach and former Spurs coach, James Borrego, about what he sees in KJ. And it was interesting because he said he thinks that he is the Spurs impact player for years to come. Is that true? What do we think about KJ now that he's pretty much winding down his second season? And also, speaking of winding down the season, uh, the Spurs will have some decisions to make when it comes to their veterans. They got three on board, Mills, Gay, and DeRozan. Who sticks around? Who do you want to see stick around? Or do you want to just dump them all? To do that and more, I'm joined by ESPN San Antonio's winner and own Michael Jimenez. He is, uh, well, he's a champ. He's a 2019 Rock the Mic champ. Michael, welcome back to Locked On Spurs. Hey, man. I appreciate it. Love being on. I'm still disappointed you haven't seen Indiana Jones. Just I'm, I'm going to let that out now. I'm really <laughs> upset about that. No Indiana uh, Jones, no Fast uh, and Furious, John Wick. Uh, but I've made a promise, a pledge to watch at least one of these movies every week until I catch up. So I'll probably be all caught up around 2025. <laughs> and, then and then all the movies that are happening now, they're going to be the ones you have not seen. So it's just a vicious, a vicious <laughs> cycle you're on right now, Michael. I know. And I asked my mom about that the other day. I said, why haven't I ever seen these movies? And she just told me, you weren't interested. She's like, I didn't tell you not to go to the movies or not to watch anything. But uh, I was just not interested in a lot of these movies. Uh, and I've, I've come out to find that even the most recent movies, uh, I enjoy watching movies. I watch a lot of them. But it just seems to be like the most popular ones I kind of stay away from. You can follow him on two on Twitter at two ten fantasy God. Let him know what you think about him not seeing Indiana Jones. That is just almost blasphemy. You know, <laughs> I was the complete opposite of you. I grew up in front. I mean, I'm, I'm a child of the '80s. You know, and that's that's what it was. It was just MTV and cable was was coming on. Uh, I, I worked at the old. I don't know if I know you're around my age range. I know I'm, I'm a little older than you, but um. I don't know if you're around when Century Century South Theater was in San Antonio. Does that ring a yeah. bell? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I used to work there on the South Side. So I would go in to see movies. I would see them for free. There used to be this little sign up. You would just sign your name in, your boss would just kind of check off and you get to go see it the night before. So being soaked into the entertainment world is something I've enjoyed since a kid and it still continues to today. But hey, we got to talk about the silver and black, so let's dive into it. Uh Michael, you know, I shared with you a conversation I had with James Borrego, the Hornets head coach and former assistant coach in San Antonio. He has some things to say with me about uh, Kelton Johnson from his style of play, you know, ability to get to the rim. Um, the Spurs have been high on him uh, since last year, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great read, by the way. Everybody should go check that out. But, Michael, one thing he did say, he said he can be an impact player for San Antonio for years to come. Now, we've talked about the young core. You've been very vocal about, you know, your thoughts on them, whether they're 
star-powered potential or they're not. But then there's KJ. He seems to be kind of the outlier, the possible outlier among the core to really explode on the scene. What did you take away from my conversation with Brego? Do you agree with his statement and his thoughts on the future of KJ? Oh, I do agree. Uh, you know, the, the Spurs core is interesting because whenever I take a look at some of these players, I ask myself the question, well, what is the ceiling? What is the upside potential that you have for each? Uh, and I think that the three that the Spurs have in their core that have the highest ceilings, in my opinion, uh, are DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, and Devin Vassell. Uh, and on the outside looking in would be like Lonnie Walker and Derek White. Right. Not that those are bad players, but I think that they're good role players uh, who will do a good job and will play 10, 12 years in the NBA. And I'm, and I'm glad that we have them. But as far as who can take it to the next level, Keldon Johnson most definitely belongs in that conversation. And I look back at his pedigree. I mean, he was a five-star recruit going into Kentucky. Uh, I remember watching the 2019 uh, McDonald's All-American game and seeing him go toe-to-toe with Zion and R.J. Barrett. Uh, it's amazing how he fell to 29. But when you take a look at his play, he's fearless. He loves mm-hmm. to attack the rim. He's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid of shooting the ball. Uh, he he can pass it. He can defend. He's a really solid player. And to think that he's you know uh, probably not even old enough to buy a beer right now is amazing. Right. Yeah. You look at what he's doing this year, and and I think. You know, before I get into some numbers here, we forget he's just in his second season because he's playing mm-hmm. well beyond his years. And I you know there was a moment during this season where he looked like he had a wall. He had a game where yeah. he just didn't look like KJ itself. Now that could have been the the pandemic. You know, maybe he was still suffering the effects of it. But nevertheless, usually all young players go through that sophomore jinx. You know that you know it hits them like, oh man, I'm getting tired, and it hit him. But nevertheless, despite that, you know some numbers here. You know, throw out you, uh, Michael. Uh, at his position, small forward, he ranks seventh in offensive rebounds and ninth in just rebounds overall. San Antonio is 10 and 8 when he scores 16 or more points this season, and he's the third best rebounder on the roster. And he has scored in double figures in uh, six of the last uh, seven games for San Antonio as we record this show. Uh, it seems to me he does a little bit of everything on defensive end and offensive end, but impact player to for years to come, according to Borrego. Are you going to vault him into that piece that you build around maybe? Or is he still at this moment, you know what, we're not there yet. You know, he's just a good player. I mean, how do you project a guy with this so much so much potential right now? Well, yeah, I think we can vault him into that conversation. I mean, I know it's a, a second-year player, but let's be honest here. This is really kind of like his rookie season. I mean, last year he only played 17 games mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA, and most of it was in the bubble. And uh, so he, you know, he spent a lot of time in Austin last year, and he comes and this is his first season with the Spurs full time. And I picture this honestly as his rookie year. I know it's going to go down the record mm-hmm. books as his sophomore campaign, but to me, he's a rookie. And if you're getting from a rookie 13 points, six rebounds, and two assists a game. I mean, that's that's fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. what that means to me is what is he going to be two years from now, three years from now? Uh, I can see him being uh, an 18 to 21 point per game player. Uh, mm-hmm. I can see him getting his his rebounds up to eight or nine. 
And I think a lot of it's going to be about his minutes because, Mm -hmm. you know, Pop doesn't really play these players a lot. And, of course, their stats go up when they play more minutes. I mean, right now he's averaging 29 minutes a game. Uh, But you get that to 32, 33 minutes a game, which is probably where it should be. Uh, you're going to see his stats go through the roof. And and yeah, I, I think he and DeJounte Murray right now are the two Spurs that are untradeable. Everybody else, there's a price tag on them that could be had. Uh, I would love for the Spurs to keep a Devin Vassell because I think he runs out uh, the young core because of his mm-hmm. defensive presence and because of his three-point shooting. Uh, but Keldon Johnson, uh, we have just scratched the surface as to what kind of player he can be. Uh, and as far as his slump throughout the season, I mean, this is the longest season he's ever had. You know, college mm-hmm. is different. The one year he had at college is different than what he had in Austin. This is something where he hasn't had this much travel, this much playing time, this much going back and forth. Uh, I, I'm going to forgive him for whatever slump he's had, but it doesn't stop. Despite the slump, it doesn't stop how aggressive he has played. You know, he's still attacking the rim. He's still going at Joel Embiid. He uh, he was one of the few to go after Gobert the other day. Uh, it's 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 fun to watch. And uh, I think that just like DeJounte Murray had that leap this year, we might be seeing that from Keldon Johnson two or three years from now. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guy to help you sleep, focus, act, be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is a daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation is, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a 3-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has a wind-down session their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Now, I use Headspace, so should you. It's helped me get through the day, helps me get through planning, lockdown spurs, and much, much more. And it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace Meditation made it simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. As of this recording, he is averaging 12.9 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 1.8 assists. He's also, you know, already making franchise records. Uh, he's the 14th Spur player in franchise history to grab 20 plus rebounds. Mm-hmm. You know, the first Spur with a 20 plus point and 20 plus rebound uh, and 10 plus offensive boards since a guy named Tim Duncan. Some uh, he's a Hall of Famer supposedly. But uh, all in all, you know, he's just showing so much potential. I just don't I just don't know if if I should be pumping the brakes on this kid because let's just see when teams start planning for him, Michael. Let's see. We're starting to see a little bit of that this year. I had a chance to speak with Luke Walton, uh, Kings head coach, and he flat out told me that yeah, in one of their games they did scheme against Keldon Johnson. I think that's the next step for him. Is how 
if he's going to be that guy they're going to go to moving forward, and now I know he'll have Murray and, and, and Devin Vassell, but he's going to get calls, play, um, you know, calls a uh, call for him, plays called for him. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Teams are going to slow him down because right now he's just inside out. That's it. Well, what I think is is fascinating about about KJ right now is you're right. Teams will eventually start to key in on him. But think about it this way. Look how well he's doing this year. And this is basically a year without practice. It's mm-hmm. basically a year without a training camp. They went straight from the bubble, had a very short off season, didn't have much of a camp. And right now they're playing basically, you know, three games in five nights throughout the year, which means right. they don't really have the practice. I want to see what this guy can do, what his skill set can be when he's having practice with Chip Anglin or when he's uh, uh, perfecting his form. So I, I agree that teams will key on him eventually, but we've scratched the surface with him because, again, this is something new to him. This is something as far as like this many games in such a short period of time. He hasn't had the chance to be fully developed yet by the coaching staff either. So to think that he can be a 13-6-2 guy despite all that is very, very exciting for Spurs fans, and it's something that we can tape take optimistically about this season, no matter how we finish, you know, whether we make the playoffs or make the tournament or what, we know that we have something special with DeJounte Murray. We know we have something special with Keldon Johnson and we're starting to get the pieces of the puzzle put together. Yeah. And you look at any shot chart after a game, he really is inside out more inside than out. Really. Uh, He's going to have to work on that outside shot. He's going to have to develop a mid range game He's got to deliver something than just simply attacking the rim because teams are going to just dare him to shoot. Got to go ahead. You know, we, we know yeah. your bread and brother is attacking. So he's going to have to work on that in the offseason. But that is for another topic right here on Lockdown Spurs. Once again, we're joined by Michael Jimenez. He's the co-host of the Sunday Sports Grill on ESPN San Antonio. Sunday's 11 to 1. And follow him on Twitter at 210FantasyGod. And give him the business for not watching some movies that he really should have seen by <laughs> now. No confession here, Michael. You know, I'm in the boat. I'm in that of me. I'm in that boat. in when it comes to Pulp Fiction, I've never seen Pulp Fiction. Wow. And I will tell you this. Yeah. I've seen that movie probably 40 or 50 times. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. It holds up very, very well. I know. And I'm a big fan of Tarantino. But uh, all right, just let's get back on track here was regarding KJ. Let's put some final thoughts on this. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think he has the potential to be that piece that the Spurs can build around lightly. You know, we don't know yet if he's going to be the guy to carry this team during a game, to carry this team in deep in the playoffs. But as of, not, as of now, he has that potential to do that if his game develops. I think this offseason is going to be really big for him. He's going to have to, we mentioned, expand his game a little bit more. You know, he already has the physical tools. He's, he's a big boy, you know, at his age. Mm-hmm. So kudos on that. And he's only going to get better. But, uh, yeah, as of right now, um, he possibly can do that. But do you see all-star birth in his future, Michael? That's very difficult to say, man. It, it really is difficult because the West is so loaded. And we saw what happened to DeMar DeRozan this past year. You know, he was averaging yeah. 21, 5, and 5. And not only did he not make the all-star team, when they had to fill two or three spots thereafter, he wasn't even named at that point. So um, it would take a very, very special year. He'd have to average at least 24 points or so 
uh, to yeah. be in, in consideration. Uh, but the good thing is, is that I, I would hope that the Spurs would allow him to be more vocal. And what I mean by more vocal is more popular when it comes to things like advertising and things like that. I think he has a very right. fun personality. Uh, I mean, I've enjoyed over the year uh, seeing all those tweets and videos regarding uh, his love for Mariah Carey and stuff like that. Uh, I think that should have been blown up even more because I'd love for uh, a player to be seen as having a really big personality while being in the Spurs uniform. Uh, But is he going to be an all-star? He has the tools to do it. Uh, I just don't know whether that's going to be in a couple of years or if it's going to take six or seven years to make that happen. Uh, I'm hopeful he has the talent. So, uh, and out of all the Spurs out there who could potentially make it, uh, I think it's him because it, the position he plays. I mean, it's it's very crowded in the West, but it's mm-hmm. more crowded for guards than it is the forwards. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think in this next generation of Spurs, they're when it comes to personality wise, they are just a 180 from the big three and even Kawhi Leonard. Um, the big three were very low key. I don't know about Tony Parker. Maybe he was a little showy, a little flashy. Remember his marriage to Eva Longoria? I mean, that was yeah. on like People magazine. I mean, that was huge. And for San Antonio, that was different from those big three uh, era. Manu low key, Timmy super low key. And the Spurs built that culture around that personality. This is a different set of kids. You have DeJounte Murray, who's vocal about his New Balance deal. He wants everybody to buy his shoes. Lonnie Walker does his own thing now. He has his own T-shirt shop, and he sells T-shirts. KJ, you mentioned the Mariah Carey. And and Keldon Johnson's very active in the community, especially with businesses. He had that famous uh, Miracle Body TV commercial earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. He's still getting plugged into the San Antonio community. And, And the fact that he already has a foot in there with businesses the Spurs should be able to pounce on that and really, um, you know, promote him. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think no, as long as Pop is there, he might put a little bit of a kibosh on that. But it's a new generation. This is not the Tim Duncan era. This is not you know those days. Those days are long gone, and uh, they'll continue to be that way as these young uh, guys develop and get more popular, hopefully, and better on the court. It's going to shift gears now and go from the young guys and the you know the future to the present. And that being the vets, look, the, as the season's winding down, we know the Spurs are going to have uh, some decisions to make when it comes to the veterans. Uh, that being uh, Gay, DeRozan, and Mills. All of them could not be wearing a uniform next year. All of them are on a contract year. This is it for them. We could be seeing the last of Patty Mills. Oh, gas, Michael, gas <laughs> in the San Antonio uniform. Um, look. This young core, they're going to get younger, and they're probably going to get the ball more next season. We know that. But, you know, it would be nice for them to have some veterans on that squad. Might as well. You know, these guys can't do it all yet. So what do you think, Michael? Bring them back? Bring one or two back? Or just cut them all loose and let's get this young core going uh, moving forward without these three? Your thoughts? BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action over at BetOnline. This week has tons of sports action on the go, so get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. 
Head to the website or use your mobile device right now. Sign up today and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto park customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from over 100 manufacturers. The catalog at RockAuto.com is easy to use, easy to navigate. You see all the parts available for your car, vehicle. You can choose the brand, specifications, prices you prefer, and much, much more. And by the way, those prices are always going to be reliably low and the same for you as it is for professionals. Don't go spending up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to RockAuto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you? An amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Well, I'd say maximum two of the three, Um, preferably just one. Uh, So Rudy Gay, I think, is the odd man out just personally. Uh, He he hasn't had a bad year. It's not like last year where we were just dying to get Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli out of the roster. Uh, Rudy Gay is not... He's not had his best year, but it hasn't been a bad year. He's just there. Right. You know, he's he's fine. He's serviceable. Uh, but as far as bringing him back, I would not want to bring him back simply because we have younger players who need those minutes. You know, we need Lonnie Walker to be out there longer, Devin Vassell to be out there longer. Um, as far as Patty Mills is concerned, I want him back. He he is like a coach on the on the floor. And no one lights it up like him. Yes, he's a defensive liability if he's shooting one for five from three. But those days when he's shooting four for six, five for seven, I mean, those are automatic wins sometimes. So I kind of want Patty back on the team. I like what he brings it to the team. I like the enthusiasm. Uh, he might be in his 30s, but he looks like he's in his early 20s out there. He's very fit. Uh, you know, you need to have veteran leadership, and I think Patty Mills brings that. DeRozan, Wow. We Mm -hmm. can have a debate about this in either direction because every answer to this is absolutely correct. To say that you want him to stay, you'd be correct. To say that you want him to leave, you'd also be correct for a variety of different reasons, right? And for me, I go back and forth on this, man. Every week, I tend to kind of waffle on it a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, it might not even be the Spurs' decision because, uh, as I tweeted earlier this week, the Spurs have a very legit shot of ending the season on a 12-game losing streak and still being in the tournament. And right. do you think that DeMar DeRozan wants to come back to a team that finishes 8 to 10 games under 500? So, but mm, let's go ahead yeah. and pull, let's put let's put that off the table. Let's go ahead and say that he does want to come back. Mm-hmm. Should the Spurs or should Spurs fans want him back? Well, you know, guys that shoot twenty that make that score twenty two points a game, have seven assists a, a game, uh, and four rebounds, uh, a twenty two seven and four. That doesn't come around very often. You know, players like that are very rare in the NBA. So I can see wanting to bring him back. But at the same time, knowing that he's going to be 32 years old at the start of the next season is kind of significant because then it then it becomes, well, how long do you sign him for? Because if he's looking for a three- or four-year contract or a max deal, uh, I would say no. But if it's a two-year deal with a team option, maybe two years at 60, two years at 62, I'd be very supportive of that because, again, we need veteran leadership. 
He loves mm-hmm. to have the ball at the end of the games. He's getting better uh, at clutch time. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind having him, but I don't, I don't want him though at age thirty-five or thirty-six because players don't get better at thirty-five or thirty-six. Uh, I deal with investments, right? We understand the mm-hmm. concept is to buy low and sell high. He may very well be at his peak. This might be the best he will ever be. And because of that, that means two, three years from now, his his talents, his skills are going to go down simply because he's older and the players mm-hmm. are younger. So I would say this. I'd meet you in the middle and say, yes, I do want him back, but I'd want him back on a two-year deal. Yeah, you know, um, there's a part of me that says – don't bring any veteran back. As a matter of fact, don't mm-hmm. I, I don't want to even want to see one veteran on that. Well, any quote unquote veteran um that we think of in the NBA on the roster. Why? Because I think, okay, well, technically they have veterans. You know, DeJounte Murray's been in the league already for a while now. You know, he's I mean, technically going into his sixth, you know, minus one for the injury year, but I guess going into his fourth, fifth, you know. You have Lonnie Walker who's been there. And yeah, I know, you know. On the court, you know, he's still rounding to sh- into form. And you have Derek White. And you got, you know, if Pop stays, you know, there's that. But even if he bounces, you know, you still have Hammond if she does get the job. Or you, they're going to bring in a coach out from the outside in. I just see, like, if we're really going to go forward, then let the young veterans, so to speak, be the veterans. Be that team. Be that leader uh, for for this uh, younger group, the, this this squad is going to get a lot younger. We know that with the draft. Who knows what they do in the free agency? But what about the train of thought of just letting the current young veterans? I know that's kind of an oxymoron there. Be the veterans, Michael. Like I said, there's no right or wrong way of looking at this yeah. because uh, if you do it that way, well, then they have to step up, and they have to step up time and and it's down to a one-point game or a two-point game they need to step up so i can see that rationale uh i think also part of it's going to be well what can the spurs get with their money in free agency this year right because the spurs have a lot of money to spend but does that mean that we can attract a, a marketing a collins uh at the end of the day we might be looking at it and and think to ourselves wow DeRozan is the best we can get with the money that we have you know, we're not going to throw money at, at players just for the sake of throwing money at them. So um, that's going to be the difficult part because, you know, there are some restricted free agents this year that are very interesting. Uh, but there's maybe only two or three players that I can say have star potential or have the ability to to have an all-star type season. And DeRozan is one of them. So, yeah, I would love to, to sit here and say, Hey man, we, we're going to let DeRozan go because we have Collins and Markkinen both joining the team. That'd be fantastic, right? Spurs have mm-hmm. enough money to make that happen. But at the same time, we are in a, in a position where they have to want us. They want to come to San Antonio, right? And when it comes to Collins, Markkinen, and DeRozan, I think that it would be a complete failure or a complete complete disappointment if the Spurs don't lock down at least one of those players in the offseason. Yeah. You, you know, Michael, well, you know, before I lose this train of thought here, we forget about Dang, Gorgie. Would, yeah. you, want him to, would you want him to come back? I, I think, I think it, it'd, be okay, it'd be good for San Antonio to have him back. He's seen, at least in the very small sample size, you know, we have. 
minus the games he got hurt. You know, he looks like he could fit in well with the system. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know what we have with him in, in the sense yeah. that he hasn't practiced with a team. I mean, he literally just got thrown out there, you know? Exactly. It got signed and thrown out there, and I don't even know if he has a place to stay in San Antonio. That's how quickly probably not. That, that turnaround was, <laughs> right? He's probably right. He's probably like Maurice Cheeks back in the day. Just or Was it Maurice? No, it was Doc Rivers, by the way, who lived in a hotel. So, no, it was Maurice Cheeks. You're right. It was Maurice yeah. Cheeks. Okay. Yeah, he lived at the uh, airport hotel. That's yeah. how much he did not want to be in San Antonio. <laughs> I, he was very vocal about not being in San Antonio, but those are for uh, another episode of, of, of uh, players who don't want to be in San Antonio. But yeah, you're right. Who knows? You know, he's probably still living out of a um, out of a uh, luggage bag right now. Yeah, and so we don't know what we have with him. What we do know is is that he's a decent defensive player, and he can actually stretch the floor a bit. You know, he's a, he's a decent shooter. Uh, he's never really. I mean, he's had a couple of seasons where he's been right around ten points a game, um, but. You know, how does he fit with his team? He does bring a little bit of toughness that I like, that I like seeing out there. Um, he does look a little bit lost, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because we don't know what we have because it's mm-hmm. not like he's been with the team very long. He's being thrown out there. Uh, I wouldn't mind bringing him back, but again, at what cost? Yeah. Um, all of that comes down to cost. and It's an interesting offseason because, you know, the Spurs and the Knicks have a lot of money to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple of other teams that 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 may have some money, like like the Heat. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, there's three big gettable players: DeRozan, Markkinen, and Collins. And we gotta get one of them, man. We need to land one of them. And and if that means that it's Markkinen, that's the player that that can stretch the floor and open it up, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because that's what the Spurs need. I mean, look, look what happened to. Uh, the the first time the Spurs played the Jazz, the Spurs didn't hit a three pointer until midway through the third quarter when Vassell knocked Brutal. one down. Brutal. You cannot win yeah. in the NBA without making three pointers. I mean, to go an entire half without making one is just remarkably bad. And it's not like the Spurs don't have shooters. Vassell can shoot. Obviously, Patty Mills can shoot. The Spurs do have a few players who can knock down threes, but that that needs to be the focal point of the offseason. Landing one of these three guys, a stretch four, and just a lockdown shooter. Back in the day, a player like J.J. Redick. Back in the day, a player like Trevor Ariza. Just someone who can just consistently knock down threes. The Spurs have had that in the past with Robert Ori and Bruce Bowen and Mario Ellie. The Spurs have had players who you can throw it out there and stretch the floor out a bit. Boris Diaw back in the day. That's what we what we're missing. We're missing someone to stretch the floor because without it, I mean, with with without being able to stretch the floor, it just clogs the paint. And we saw that the Spurs had a very difficult time attacking the lane against the Jazz, not only because Gobert is so good, but because like you like you've said about Keldon Johnson, they will sometimes just dare you to shoot. And that's not a I mean, that's not a very good position to be as a Spurs fan watching them play in that manner. You got to know how to knock down the threes and the Spurs need to get more shooters. Hey, Michael, I wonder how much the uh, Spurs could use the services of uh, Bryn Forbes right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I didn't you know, you know we, we laugh, but you know what? He, you know, he, he hit those threes, man, man. That was, that guy was streaky, man. That <sighs> guy, golly, there, there was some, some days where he was just chipping the paint off the I side know. of the rim. 
and it was so ugly. But there were some days where his stroke was so beautiful. He's making you know three or four three pointers, and but the thing was was that defensively he was a complete liability yeah, out there. Exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, defensively he was just uh, not what it takes to win NBA games. We know defense wins t- uh, games and titles, but no, I'm just joking around here. Yeah, I mean, but. If Forbes hit those threes, Bellinelli hit those four those threes. <laughs> but uh Bellinelli yeah. on on one leg. Oh, it was um, so ugly. Yeah. I, I always advocated for uh, players to just shove Bellinelli whenever he had the ball. Just shove him. If he's on that three, just push him, knock him to the ground, and let him throw it up because he's likely gonna make those versus the standstill open look shots that he got. But yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Spurs are gonna do with these uh veterans. I I, I truly think we're probably seeing the last days of Rudy Gay in the Spurs uniform. Um, I, I just find it so hard to not, not see Mills back next year. He's going to come back where there's going to be a, a team friendly deal, you know, to free up some more money for this team. I don't know, but you know, I just cannot see the Spurs letting him go. He's, he's the last link right to the championship days. That's still on that. Run. Well, outside, outside of pop. Well, outside pop. Yeah. 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 I pop. Yeah. But he's the last link. I just don't see him not, not being in uniform next year, Michael. Oh, he's a fan favorite. I mean, the 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 Spurs fans absolutely adore Patty Mills. And it, it's so funny because I showed somebody a photo the other day of Patty Mills early in his career when he played with the Portland Trailblazers. And someone looked at me like I had Photoshopped it. And I said, no, he <laughs> actually played with the Blazers. And I told my friend, I said, hey, this is kind of like seeing your girlfriend or your wife with an ex-boyfriend. You know, they had a life yeah. before you. And Patty Mills had a life outside of the Spurs before he got here. But it's been a fun ride with Patty. And and I don't think that his play has diminished. He still brings a lot to the table. Yes, at times he can be a defensive liability. But, man, he is a he can shoot lights out sometimes. And he can heat up so quickly. And it's so great that the Spurs have him coming off the bench as a seventh or eighth player. He's the ideal seventh or eighth player on there. We're not signing him in order to be a starter. We're signing him to come in and play those 15 to 20 minutes. And uh, I want him back. That's the one veteran I, I 100% want back. Yeah, I, I need. I think just think I need to see more FIBA Patty. You know, here's the thing, too. You know, before the season started, he was speaking with GQ Australia. And that's when he made that bold claim that he was nowhere near his peak yet, that the best days were coming, that you're going to see more FIBA Patty this year. And, you know, maybe the schedule's got to him. You know, um, I know Popovich was asked about the schedule and Patty Mills. Pop gave one of those uh, non-answer answers. So, um, you know, maybe the schedule caught up to him. I mean, I think the schedule's catching up to all the players right now. Rudy Gay in the last game, I don't know if you saw, but. He openly admitted saying that the, the schedule is getting them. And mm-hmm. look, I mean, they're, they went home for one game, Michael, and then back on the road for a uh, tussle with the Jazz the next yeah. day. And then they got to play the Jazz while well, this recording tonight. But, you know, y'all know what I'm trying to get at you know, last night for recording purposes. Um, it's just brutal. And then, and then what? They do the same thing again, they go home for like a game, and then back on the road again to make up all those road games they lost during that that COVID period and here it is. So it really is. And I, you just hope they hit some sort of a stride as the playing tournament comes in. Michael, you're better at this than me. They're, are they pretty much in or is there a chance that they could bottom out and miss the play in tournament altogether? I mean, how is this looking at right now? 
Uh, there is a chance. I mean, because you know, you you look at the loss column. Uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the Spurs have the advantage over the Pelicans when it comes to uh, a tiebreaker. It is possible, you know. We talked. I talked. I mentioned earlier the Spurs could conceivably lose 12 games in a row to end the year, and that wasn't me being down on the team. But you just take a look at what's yeah. left ahead. They've got the Knicks. They've got the Nets. They've got the Jazz. They got the Suns twice. Yeah. They got the Trailblazers. I mean, and all of those teams are not resting players because they have. They're going for something. The Jazz and and the Suns are going for the top spot in the West and overall in the NBA. You know, the uh, Trailblazers are trying to finish in the top six. Absolutely crazy. I was taking a look at it right now. It's it's amazing to see that the Clippers and Lakers, if the season ended right now, would be a first-round matchup. Uh, that's That that would be fun to watch, especially in the first that round. That would be fun. Yeah. But, that would be but fun. If, but taking a look at, at, at where the Spurs are, yeah, I, I honestly believe that if the Spurs lost every single game this year, they would probably still make the playoffs because the Pelicans aren't closing out games and essentially would need to play maybe five and three the rest of the way to, to even have a chance over the Spurs. And I don't think the Pelicans have that in them yet. And um, so I think the Spurs are in the play play-in game, uh, probably going to play Golden State. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, when it, when it all starts, you know, no matter, no matter if the Spurs lose 10 of the last 12 or 11 of the last 12 games of the season, it doesn't matter when the playoffs start or when the tournament starts, all that gets thrown out the window and it's a brand new season. You just need the Spurs to just be hot. Just let them if, one game at a time. If they can just get off Pistons firing that one game, I mean, they can really shock heading yeah. into the uh, tournament. And then, you know, but I mean, they got Curry playing the way he's playing. They, they, you know, those guards are going to really have a tall task ahead of them. And Draymond Green, we know what athletic bigs do in the paint versus San Antonio. See, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, pick pick a big. I mean, I think it was Christian Wood. I mean, what did he do against the Spurs this year? I mean, just God. tore him up. Who was the other big? Oh, Deadman. Deadman, former Spurs. Oh, Deadman. yes. Just tore up the Spurs in the paint. And you're going to have to have Draymond Green. So Yeah, and yeah, Bam. It, and Bam and Embiid. Jeez. Yeah. We, we, you see a pattern here, listeners? There's a pattern here. <laughs> Bigs have their way in the paint. And, you know, kudos to Pertle. He's playing so good, but. Yeah, they, they they still need help in that paint, don't they, Michael? They do, and you know, I I use the term "office hot" the other day uh, on the radio mm-hmm. about when we look at certain players, and you know, "office hot" is when you see somebody every day and uh, at the office, and you think they're more attractive than what they are because you just see them every day. Uh, I think sometimes <laughs> we're like that as Spurs fans and Cowboy fans. You know, we see our players and and we 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 think of them better than what they actually are. Uh, you know, the Spurs right now playing most of the season right around 500 is kind of who they are. They're an average team. You know, they, they, they are better than half the teams out there and they are not as good as half the teams out there. And it's, it's been a frustrating season, but like you and I have talked about in the past, it's all about expectations. And the problem with the Spurs this year was that the expectations were lifted early on because the Spurs started hot. And because the Spurs had a weaker schedule early on and were taking advantage of that and had some surprise wins against a, a Lakers team, against the Clippers team. And all of a sudden we were talking about being a four seed or a five seed, but we didn't really take a look at what the Spurs really had to offer over the long haul. 
Uh, all in all, no matter how the Spurs season ends this year, I don't think that it's been a negative. Even if the Spurs finish eight to ten games under five hundred and get bounced early on in the uh, in the tournament, or even don't make the tournament, I still think of it as a success as a successful season because we saw Dejounte Murray take a leap. We saw Keldon Johnson have a strong first full season campaign. Um, we saw a lot out there, and and we, and we did we did a lot of this without Derek White because he's been hurt so often. So it's all in all, I'm I'm going to be optimistic about next year. But again, Markinen, Collins, DeRozan, we need one of them. We need a we need a stretch four, and we need some shooters, man. We need some shooters and a strong draft. And uh, so I'm optimistic, man. Still am. Well, that. I hope we can bottle your optimism because this year has been really testing that bottle of optimism uh, going up and down, losing streaks left and right. And all in all, I just hope the, the Spurs just learn something. At the end of the day, I hope they just learn something. We'll take it to next season and just build on that. But we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about Keldon Johnson? Do you think he's that guy, you know, the guy to really break out and lead this team? Or, uh, you know, still wait and see, and maybe they need more pieces. And, of course, what do you think about the veterans? Uh, do you want them all back, some back, none back? Maybe just one or two? Let us know. Michael, tell us everything about what you got going over there at ESPN San Antonio. Uh, well, I mean, y'all can catch my show, The Sunday Sports Grill, with myself and Quinn Hudson. I'm the 2019 Rock the Mic champ. Quinn is the 2020 Rock the Mic champ. And, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of sports and pop culture and movies and music and stuff like that and it's always fun to kind of go back and forth to see what we've listened to in the past what we've watched in the past uh and uh, one of the ongoing things is the fact that i don't watch a lot of very popular <laughs> movies and as rob thompson's told me yesterday he says i'm kind of uh, embarrassed for you michael but at the same time it's so fun to watch or listen because he gets to live vicariously through me as i start to Absolutely. watch these classics uh, but it's a fun show, uh, 11 to 1 on ESPN San Antonio. We're also on Facebook Live. And then we get to follow you on Twitter at, uh, once again, Michael? 210 Fantasy God. Simple as that. Make sure to do that right now. Subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tell your smart speaker to even play Locked On Spurs. It's all there. So for Michael Jimenez, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked On Spurs.